Daryl and Shirley, good morning. It's good to see you and uh, excited as always to preach the word to God's people this morning. And it is the final week of our series in um, the, the essentials of the church. These are the things over the past, uh, including today, five weeks that we've looked at. These are the things that we are, uh, as our church, our local church, what we are supposed to be about and therefore, the things that you as individual Christians, as a part of this church, are to be about as well. Those things were to know God, to grow in your relationship, your love, your knowledge of him, to go tell others about him, to give sacrificially of your finances, yes. And then today is uh, to serve, to, to serve, to, to not just give of your finances, as Daryl said, but to give of your whole life, to, to, to serve. And... Um, if you're a Christian, or even if you aren't, even if you're sort of familiar with, with the Bible and, and Christianity, you, you probably have some understanding of the importance of serving, the importance of service and, and what this means. You know, uh, Jesus said of himself that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's Matthew twenty twenty eight. And this is essentially a summary statement from Jesus on his whole life and his whole ministry. Serve. He, he summed it up that way. And one of his final acts, of course, with his disciples was to wash their feet in John 13. He's, Jesus said this, I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done. So we see that um, if Jesus is our ultimate example that we are to follow, we see that then as a result, if Jesus' life was summed up with service, self-sacrificially laying his own life down for the good of others, then ours too should be the same, should be summed up with, with a life of, of service, of self-sacrificially laying our lives down for the good of one another, just as he did. But... Um, the reality is we don't always like this, do we? In our flesh, right, not empowered by the Holy Spirit, it is hard to have the mindset of Christ sometimes. It is, it is difficult to, to, um, to serve rather than to be served. We all like to be served, don't we? I mean, have you ever been to an all-inclusive resort, right? It's whatever you want, whenever you want it, keep bringing it out as much as you want. We, we all naturally, in our flesh, we like to be served, right? That is, that is uh, kind of our, our natural state. But um, the way of, of Jesus is to serve self-sacrificially, to, to serve others, not to be served. That is the way of Christ. And that's what we take up today. And our text, as you've heard, is Romans 12, verses three through eight. And uh, here's the, the point of the sermon then today. God gifts everybody for the good of everybody. God gifts everybody, everybody has a gift, God gifts everybody for the good of everybody. That's the point that we're going to see in the text today. And we see this first in verse 3. Here's the first thing that we see in verse 3. We are all gifted by God. We are all gifted by God. Verse 3, remember it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to you, everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has designed, assigned. Sorry. So we see in this text that we are all gifted by God. We are all gifted by God. If you're a Christian, if you put your faith in Jesus alone to save you, you have been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. And this is true for all of us. 
I'm looking at each one of you individually. If you are a Christian, you have been gifted by God. You have been gifted by God. And the, the context, Paul is writing to the, to the church in Rome, and it seems as if um, he's writing to try and combat some division that was going on. It seems like probably what was happening is they, um, somebody was thinking that they were better than another because of the specific gifts that they had. They were, they were puffing themselves up a little bit, thinking that, that they were really something uh, because of the, the gifts that the Spirit had given them as opposed to the gifts that, that somebody else had. And uh, there's division kind of happening. And Paul gives a word, of, a word of caution to the Romans, and it's the same word uh, to you and I today. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But think with sober judgment. Don't, don't think too highly of yourself. You're not all that. As much as, you, as much as your mom loves to tell you you are special, you are special in your mom's eyes, but um, in reality, uh, don't, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. There's a, a, a call to you humility here and, and is the, the background to a, um, a life of service begins with an attitude of humility. Because you're not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. If you think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, now we're in this uh, serve me, do what I want, do what I need, meet my needs. But if we're, um, if we're thinking of ourselves rightly, who we are before God and uh, what he has called us to, if we have this attitude of humility, now we're in the position to serve. There's this word of caution. Don't, don't, don't think that uh, you're better than anybody else, you know. Just because you serve on the worship team or just because you teach kids ministry, you're not better than anybody else. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. There's no gifted and talented in the body of Christ here in the church. When I was in fourth grade, I moved from my small town of Uloga, Oklahoma to Tulsa, the big city. And in fourth grade, uh, I was doing my thing, going to class, and all of a sudden, for one hour of the day, this other teacher would come and take these kids out of class. Where are they going? Turns out they were in the GT program. They were, they were gifted and talented. And let me tell you, these kids thought of themselves more highly than they ought to think. It is not to be so within the church, within the body of Christ. We are all gifted and talented, if you will. If you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, if you put your faith in Jesus to save, you have been gifted by God right? Well, and, and this is all of us together. So then if we, if we understand then that we are all gifted by God, no one is to think of themselves more highly than they ought to think. Now we're all on the same level um, where we're able to uh, use our gifts to serve one another, to build up, to, to build up the body of Christ. Don't put others up on a pedestal thinking they're the ones with the real gifts. Don't, don't look at me and say, just because I'm up here or, or just because the worship team is up here, don't think, oh, they're the ones that are really gifted uh, you know, for the good of the church. It's not so. We are all on the same playing field. We're all level before the cross and we are all um, level when it comes to our gifts that the Holy Spirit has given. We're all gifted and talented in that way. He has gifted everybody for the good of everybody. And I can't skip over that phrase, the, the measure of faith. What is that talking about? You look back at verse three. Each, we're to think of ourselves, not more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What does that mean? Um, 
Well, it has been interpreted a couple of, of different ways. And let me tell you, the first is this, that, that this, the phrase measure of faith, that, um, that it means uh, the, the faith that is common to all Christians, meaning that we all have the same measure of faith. Namely, that we are all saved by grace through faith. We're all saved the same way by grace through faith. And therefore, we are all equal. Right? No, nobody, um, nobody has any special standing in the eyes of God. We are all saved the same way by grace through faith. And that would be the measure of faith that we, we are saved by. So that equals us out. That, that makes us not think of ourselves too highly than we ought to think because our salvation is a gift. Right? So no, no, there's no room for boasting. There's no room for thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think because we're all saved the same way. Or, number two, it refers to um, the different gifts of ministry that we receive from God. This would basically be Paul saying something like, hey, we all have different gifts that do different things, and that's okay. They're all useful. Therefore, don't think of anybody more highly than you ought to think. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. So either it's about how we're saved all the same way, or it's about the fact that our gifts are all used to build everybody else up. So, Whichever way you take, the point, though, remains the same, doesn't it? We, we are all saved the same way, by grace through faith. Nobody, um, there's nobody special, and all of our gifts are useful to, to build one another up, right? We are all gifted by God, and this puts us in our place, not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, and it encourages us to use our gifts, to use our gifts. And that brings us to the next point that we see in verses 4 and 5. We all have a part to play. We all have a part to play. God gifts everybody and we all have a part to play. Look at verses four and five again. Paul says, for or because as in one body, we have many members or parts. You'll see if you have an ESV Bible that um, it can also be translated parts. For in one body, we have many members or parts and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. We all have a part to play. We all have a part to play. Paul uses the metaphor of a body, something that we can all understand, right? He, um, he explains that um, just like a body that has many different body parts, right? You've got your arms and your legs and your fingers, your head, you know, your heart, all of those things, they all have a different part to play, a different function, yet they all come together to form your one body that works together, okay? And this is, you know, objectively true, right? You know this experientially to be true. As you're sitting here in your body, you know that your different body parts do different things. I guess this is my way of explaining that, doing the, my, my arms move like this, right? They, they do different things. Your feet do the walking, mouth does the talking, heart does the beating, etc. You know this to be true. And that's what Paul is drawing upon to illustrate this idea. Paul makes the connection in verse five that it is just like that in the body of Christ. It is just like that in the body of Christ. Paul's teaching that everybody has a part to play. Everybody has a part to play. You have a part to play. You are gifted by God and your gifts is, are valuable and necessary in the same way that my hand is necessary for me to do the things I need to do. In the same way that my feet are necessary for me to walk is the same way that your gifts are necessary for the church to function as it should. You see the, the point that Paul is making here. You are gifted by God and, and you have a part to play. You have a part to play. 
And if you are engaged in serving the church in some capacity, if you are engaged in, in serving your brothers and sisters in Christ, then we are missing a valuable part. We are missing a valuable part of, of the church. If you are not engaged in serving in some way, we, we might be missing a foot that we need. And we're having to, we're having to hop along. If you are not engaged in, in serving the church in some capacity, it, I mean, it, it's, we might be missing an ear and we, we can't hear as well as we should be able to. You see, this is what, what Paul is really calling us to, to think about and dwell upon. We all have a part to play. We all have a part to play, do you see? Um, also, if you are not serving the life of the church, it could mean that we have a foot that's trying to do the job of a hand. And that's not going to work out very well, right? So be, because there, there might be a need that's, that's being met by somebody that, that might not be their gift, but they're doing it because they need to do it, uh, because it needs to get done. So all of these things come together. If, if you serve um, in the life of the church, and we'll talk more about what that means, but you are doing what God has called you to do, to use your gifts to, to build up the body, to serve one another. God gifts everybody for the good of everybody. Everybody's got a part to play. We are gifted by God and everybody has a part to play. And by the way, I believe that this text here, I believe this argues for a, um, a formal and a meaningful church membership. Here's what I mean. Um, let's think about Paul's logic. He says that we are members one of another. See that in verse five? We are members one of another. And what, um, what church membership does is solidify that reality. What church membership does is, is say, yes, I, you, what you're doing when, when you join the church, you're saying to the other members of the church, you're saying, yes, I am your foot that you need to walk. And you can rely on me to be that foot. When you join, when you join the church, um, you commit to, to membership and you, you commit to, to serve. You're saying, yes, I am uh, the, I, I will be your eyes that you need to see. So there's now a dependence on one another. Do you, do you see that? If we really are the, the local body of Christ, we are made up of different parts, different members, then, then that's what happens when we commit to, to being a part of the local church. You're saying, I am responsible for you in some way because I am a part of the same body that you are a part of. So that's the, the logic there that, that Paul's using in the text. Again, it's a way to say, yes, I belong to you, you belong to me, we are in this together as a part of the same body, following Jesus together, building up the local church, okay? If you are here today and you're a Christian, but you're not a member of the church, you're like a foot that's just over off by its side. Sorry for the graphic image, right? I mean, like, yeah, it's good, I'm, yeah, like, keep coming, but you just, like, kind of sitting there, you know, M maybe not as useful and a part of what's going on as, as you could be, okay? So we see that we are all gifted by God. We saw that in verse three. We say we all have a part to play in verses four and five. And then now we get to verses six through eight. Um, and this is it. You have a part to play. So verses six through eight say, play your part. We are all gifted by God. We all have a part to play. Now play your part. That's what Paul's saying in verses six through eight. It says this, having gifts, that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Play your part. 
If prophecy in proportion to your faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You have a part to play. Now play your part. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Let us use them. And Paul does give a brief list of some spiritual gifts here, doesn't he? This is, these are the ones that he lists. Um, prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, contribution, leadership, and acts of mercy. So he lists seven uh, gifts of the Spirit that, that he lists here in Romans. Um, there is uh, an even more extensive list in 1 Corinthians 14. And uh, he lists, there, there are uh, other places in the New Testament where we can see some of the spiritual gifts. Um, now, the, the consensus though, even if we put all of those gifts together... Nowhere in the New Testament does Paul claim to uh, give a list of extensive or an exhaustive list, okay? So Paul doesn't say here in Romans, um, here is the list to choose from, (laughs) you know, this is one of the ways that the Spirit has, has gifted you. There's no, like, guarantee that that's the reality. So what this is teaching is everybody has different gifts to use. So what we need to do is to look for areas where you can utilize those gifts in the life of the church. Because there is a vast diversity of gifts that the Spirit can and does gift to his people. Any number of ways that he can gift you to serve, to build up one another. Commentator F.F. Bruce writes this, Diversity not uniformity is the mark of God's handiwork. Diversity, not uniformity, is the mark of God's handiwork. It's so in nature, it is so in grace too. Here are many men and women with the most diverse kinds of parentage, environment, temperament, capacity, and not only so, but since they became Christians, they've been endowed by God with a great variety of spiritual gifts as well. Yet because and by means of that diversity, all can cooperate for the good of the whole. It is a good thing that we are not all gifted the same way, right? We'd all be a bunch of noses when we need all different parts of the body. It is a good th- the diversity. The fact that you are different from everybody else in here is a sign in a work. Um, it is a sign of God's handiwork that he has gifted each individually and crafted you and gifted you in unique and specific ways for the good of the rest of the body of Christ. That's what we are called to build one another up. You are gifted. God gifts everybody for the good of everybody. Okay? Um, Now, nobody throw anything at me, but I do not love the um, spiritual gift inventories. If you've been around for a while, uh, you know, in the church, in the life of the church, you might have taken one of these tests, you know, that sort of uh, are supposed to help you along the way in discerning what your spiritual gifts are. Now, they, they, can, they can be helpful, they, they might have their place, but um, those might be misguided in, in a couple of ways. Uh, one, they, like, they rely on your own self-knowledge of yourself in order to tell you what your gifts are. And we know that our own knowledge of ourselves is um, not infallible and not perfect, right? Um, only God knows us fully. We, we can't even know ourselves perfectly. And so if I'm only relying on what I think of myself to discern what my spiritual gifts are, then um, I, I might miss it um, on one side or the other. 
And um, it, can be used, it can be used as, as an excuse as well to, to not serve. Like, oh, I can't work with kids because that's not my gift. I don't, you know, the Lord did not give me patience, so I, I can't, you know, I can't teach in the kids' ministry or, you know, what, whatever. Um, God didn't gift me with hospitality, so I can't open the door, you know, sorry. Um, it's like, okay, come on. Like, so, so th- there's, there's that aspect. And then um, I think that these kind of tests or inventories, um, they force us, I think, they're forcing us to ask maybe the wrong question. Because if we have a test that tells us our gifts, we think then that that has to be what we do in the church. It's like, well, my gift is administration, and so if I'm not like the one counting, then I guess I'm not useful here. And that's simply not true. Now what we're doing is getting away from the point that Paul is actually making in the text. In verses three through, uh, 6 through 8, basically, more so what he's saying is, hey, you've all got gifts, use them. Like, don't, don't, um, you know, don't wish you had this other gift or, or don't like sit back and be like, well, maybe this is my gift, that's my gift. It's like, no, 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 like use them. Like go do something. <laughs> don't, don't just, you know, sit back and wonder what, what it is God has you to do. The, the point that Paul's really making is, no, 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 you all have a gift. Uh, you're all gifted by the Spirit. Now go, go do something. Now use it. That, that's the point, I, I think, more so. And when we focus on internally, what are my spiritual gifts? You know, we, we sort of now get away from the point that I think Paul's trying to make. Um, and he's telling the church, use your spiritual gifts. Let's go. Go do something. Serve. Build up the body. That's what um, the point that he's making here. Okay? Um, God gifts everybody for the good of everybody. So the question I think we should ask more and I think that Paul is getting at here is something like this. What am I doing with my life that helps build up the local church and help my fellow members? Okay. When we're thinking of ourselves not more highly than we ought to think, and when we don't get so caught up or bogged down in what are my specific spiritual gifts, how, you know, instead when we have that attitude of humility whenever we kind of put ourselves on the same level, and when we understand this text, now we start to think, okay, where are areas where I could um, contribute to the building up of the local church? Where are areas where I could serve my brothers and sisters? Where are areas where I could be the foot that my brother or sister needs to help them walk? Where, where can where can um, I, I can be of service to, to re- so my brothers and sisters can rely on me when they most desperately need it, right? So now we, we've taken this from, um, a, you know, kind of brain level of, you know, who am I? How, how has God gifted me to like, no, let's, let's go do something. Let's get after it. Let's, let's get to work and, and serve because that's what God has called us to now, don't get me wrong, uh, some people are more gifted at hospitality than others, right? Um, and, but, but that's actually the point, because you won't know it in, until you do it, right? You, you won't know what your gifts are until you get out there and give it a try, until you, you, you try out <laughs> the different areas of service, you, you won't know if you have the gift of hospitality until you really start connecting with people when they come in, and also... Um, I'm going to talk more about this briefly, but, but this does not just apply to the hour and a half or so that we gather together on Sunday morning. 
our spiritual gifts then apply and they, they go out, not just to when we're sitting here, but whenever, whenever we leave this place, right? I mean, think about the, the context. The, the church, if the church is a body, you know, you don't get together with your body once a week and say, all right, it's time to use my hand. I get to use it for an hour and a half uh, once a week, right? That, does, that doesn't make sense. The, the, if, the, if the local church, if we together are a body of Christ, then we're a body all the time. And we need the other members of our body all the time. We need one another's gifts and abilities all the time. Not just when we gather here uh, for the hour and a half on, on Sunday mornings for worship. Now, you are needed here in different ways, different capacities that we'll talk about. But, but this gets us out of just what can I do for this hour and a half to check a box to what does this look like with my whole life whenever I leave these doors? Because I am gifted for the good of everybody for all the time, not just here um, in the morning. So if we are really members one of another, as the text says, we need to serve one another and build each other up throughout the week as well right? Um, the body is a cohesive unit, right? That is always, always working together, okay? Now, it takes us out of these walls, out of just Sunday morning, um, to give us the, the mind of Christ to, to serve all the time, not just um, for this brief time that we're here. Now, that is legitimate. We, we do need people, Natalie was in here, we do need people to serve in kids' ministry. She would say Amen. Umberto, we, we do need people to serve in the student ministry, right? And, and come up here on Wednesday nights and help out and, and hang out with students. We, we do need people to help run the cameras in the media ministry. We do need people to help uh, open the doors and, and be a part of the hospitality ministry and, and greet people, remember their names, right? And we, we do need people to, to help serve in the, in the music ministry. If you are gifted in any of those ways. We do need you to do those things. But your gifts do not just apply while we're in these walls. They, they apply outside of these walls as well. So now that gets us into, am I involved in the lives of my other brothers and sisters, my fellow members? Am I involved in their lives outside of this hour and a half? Now this really gets us the, to, the, to the question of, are we really being the body of Christ if we don't really know each other outside of these walls? Now, now it's like, are we really doing life together as the body of Christ? And, and then it's really probably more so out there that your gifts can be used. Where your hospitality, where you're bringing somebody into your home, um, when it's safe to do such things, uh, when, when you're bringing somebody in, into your home uh, to, to show them hospitality and love. These acts of mercy, right, that, that Paul even talks about here is probably not going to happen within these walls, the acts of mercy are, are probably going to show themselves outside of these walls where you go and bring somebody groceries when you hear of a need or, you know, whatever those, those things are. So I'm not prescribing any like lists of things and here's what you got to do, blah, 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 blah. But I'm just challenging, challenging you to think about what it looks like for us to be the body of Christ. Yes, when we gather together on Sunday morning, that is when it is most evident, but we are still the body of Christ when we leave here um, each Sunday afternoon. So, conclusion. We're wrapping up now. A band's going to come back up and we're going to respond in, in worship in, in just a bit. So the question is, um, 
What, what we've seen so far is God gifts everybody for the good of everybody. You are gifted by God. You have a part to play. Now play your part. So the question is, what is your part to play? What is your part to play? Um, let's start here. If you're not a member, I would encourage you to, to join uh, and, and be a part of what God is doing here. And uh, in, in so doing, commit to the other brothers and sisters in the room that, yes, you can rely on me. You can, uh, you can rely on me using my gifts to, to build you up. That would be um, step number one. And during our response time, uh, we have prayer partners. And um, if that is something that the Spirit is working on you with, if you're like, yeah, I've been sort of questioning, not really sure what to do. Maybe today is where you're saying, no, I'm, I'm jumping all in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing here specifically. And I'm going to commit to my fellow members. I'm going to commit to my fellow parts. I'm going to commit to my fellow brothers and sisters that they can rely on me. Maybe that's a way for you to respond if the Spirit so leads. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by what you heard today. If you'd like more information about Champion Forest Baptist Church, our service times, or how you can get connected, visit us at championforest.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day, and God bless.